You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore? We are here to be your guides. Your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 139, recorded January 30th, 2022. The topic for this episode is The Warlock Anor, Part 2. Uh, my name, I'm your host for this episode? My god, uh, my name is Orchid. And I am Elemist. Are you alright? No, it just said The Warlock Anor lore book, it didn't say Part 2. <laughs> I, like, forgot how to do this. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm just going to go to podcast info. Thank you. I just read whatever's in front of me. We encourage feedback. It can be sent to us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore. You can tweet at me at hey, it's orchid. You can tweet at elemist at I underscore am underscore elemist. <laughs> see what you're writing i'm not gonna say that you can send us an email at guardians underscore lore at alec.com you can leave us a review wherever you can find the podcast even on spotify you can also uh come visit us in our discord um you can find a link to the invite in the episode description or it's actually easier if you just find us on discord.gg slash lorehub if you are feeling generous, please donate to us on ko-fi.com slash guardians underscore lore. Every little bit helps. Um, we really appreciate it. You can also find our info on the lorenetwork.com alongside many impressive lore content creators. We are still there. <laughs> yeah. Um, for this week at Guardians of Lore, the Twoggle. Apparently, I'm a bitchy sass. <laughs> It did say I'm a sassy bitch, but he changed it in the middle of me reading all the podcast info. <laughs> um, as for the TWAB, there's there's a lot of stuff in this TWAB. Also, whenever uh, Hippie is the one who does the TWAB, she hides really cute little animal pictures in it. <laughs> it like brings me such joy. Because <laughs> I like to find all of them. I'm like, where's the link for the pictures? Also, Otter Pictures when. I'm just waiting for the day there's going to be an otter picture. I'll be really excited. Oh, yeah. That, that, like, it'll be the scream that the entire world could hear. Yeah, I'll be like, oh, otter picture. That'll be great. Mm -hmm. So the first things that they talked about is that they are changing the way that the ritual reputation, the ritual reputations work. Oh, my gosh. Why are words so difficult this morning? My goodness. You had a. So you had woke an up easy like, time talking for like the last hour and a half. I did not. Ritual reputations is really hard to say, okay? But they are changing the way that they're actually going to work now. Apparently, players are running more Vanguard strikes than anticipated. And we're optimizing for the new activity streak at a lower rate as well. Meh. So they are actually changing the way that they're going to multiply. I'm I don't like the way the new system works because it encourages people to have to sit in the same playlist for like eight hours. And I hate it. Like, I really don't like it. Honestly, 
So like I, I've thought of two different systems. Mm-hmm. What are your ideas? So my ideas are either you build up the streak and then for every activity outside of that playlist, it's a minus one. So okay. like if you have a five for Vanguard mm-hmm. and you go play two crucible matches, by the time you jump back into strikes, it'll be at a three. Oh, that's good. Right. You don't lose all your progress, but you lose some for doing stuff outside of what you were were normally doing. Mm-hmm. The other idea is just make it a weekly thing. So like you play five strikes on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Now you have full rep all week. I like that. Now, like I'm waiting to see how they actually change the rep gains. And and this is going to be applying to trials and Vanguard, so I I I'm waiting to see how it actually affects, you know, the actual gains themselves. All I remember is it took 32 heroic and master or uh, sorry legend nightfalls in order to get a full like it, essentially to get the uh, the blanket, and that was after one full reset. Like, I already had one full reset, did 32 more Nightfalls, and got the blanket. It was a rough week. Wow. I still don't have the blanket, but I don't do as many, like, Nightfalls and Strikes as you do, which is, I do none. So I can't expect to have it if I don't do them. Yeah. This is one I'm not going to get. And a lot of that is because of the just the sheer number that you have to do in order to actually get it. Yeah, fuck that. Like, seriously, I have better things to do with my time. Well, and, and what gets me is that the rep gains increase as you go up in rank. Really? So, like, you can have a full streak at Fabled, but you're going to get it more with a full streak at Legend. What? That makes no sense. It's, it's in... Why would they do it like, that I way? I can see them thinking it's incentivizing to play the rest of the reset. But when I'm sitting there and I'm getting 170 rank per nightfall and my teammates getting 190, I'm getting a little discouraged because that's every nightfall that's happening. And it's. Ugh. I would rather just get tokens. Just give me tokens so I can turn them in and get rank. I think the other thought behind it was the fact that for the lower ranks, you don't need as much to rank up, but for the higher ranks, you do. Mm -hmm. So they increase the actual gains depending on where you are in the rankings, essentially to compensate however much more the actual rank up is. I don't know why they need to make it so complicated. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, this doesn't take a genius to do. It's like, strikes don't need a ranking system. They really don't. Like, why do Vanguard strikes need a reputation? Well, they had them in D1. I know. But we also didn't have as much to do in D1. That's fair. Like, we have three times as much shit to do now as we did in D1. Like, legitimately, we have so much more to do. Essentially, and and this is how I'm looking at it, they're doing this for any vendor that 
is going to hand stuff out to you. So we're going to have this kind of a system for for gunsmith, possibly. It, like nothing's been confirmed, but I, I see this being implemented for gunsmith, for Iron Banner. We've got it for the three core playlists as well as trials. Yeah. Like if they implemented what they did with trials across the board. Oh, it would be so much better. Right. The trials one is actually good. And I think uh, for the three core playlists, that's what they're trying to do in their own way. Mm -hmm. Because when you rank up, you get an engram from them. Now, what would be good is if you could actually just focus the engram with the vendor themselves so that you don't have to hope and pray for that service revolver or that spoiler alert. Right. Mm -hmm. But as far as this topic, you know, it, this is all about the rep gains themselves. All I know is it was painful. Yeah. It was a painful week. But there's some other stuff happening, um, I guess, with Nightfalls and other stuff that we can talk mm -hmm. about. Like some returning weapons. There are some returning weapons that are coming back. Like um, for trials, if we want to talk about trials for a second, the summoner is coming back. I'm so excited. I'm excited about that, too. I have a couple summoners already, but I'm looking for a better rolled one. Yeah, I have some really good summoners that I love. Actually, I have some really, really, really well rolled summoners. So I actually am really happy with the ones that I have. So I actually like really don't need a new one. But I'm always happy to get new rolls, especially if they have like new perks on them. Because we don't know what kind of new perks we're going to get next season. So I'm always excited for new perks because I like to see how they play. So we'll see. But Summoner's a really, really good auto rifle. But this is the most exciting part. <laughs> Which I didn't even see because like my brain completely glossed over this. Yeah from returning weapons and I didn't see it until I would just like scanned through this and I'm like why is there a picture of duty bound in here <laughs> and I was wondering why people were talking about it like huh, I wonder why in Twitter and I'm like that's why I'm like why are people talking about duty bound like this is a great weapon but why are people talking about it I didn't even notice because I just like glossed over the twab this week and didn't even like read that part because there are too many words. It's because duty bound is Silicon Neuroma. Two of my favorite guns from like year one D2 are coming back. I'm so excited. Listeners, <laughs> like you have no idea how excited she was. Like she legitimately screamed. I'm so excited. To the point that, like, her mic. I heard echoes from her house through her mic. I'm so excited. 82 times is how long it took me to get duty bound. Only 82. And how many times is it going to take you this time? Probably 82 times to get duty bound because it hates me. <laughs> and when I did it with I, when I was with my friend Mandy and we ran it through with her when she came back to Destiny 2, it took her one time to get. I was so mad. That's that's pretty much how it feels <laughs> with 
people who come back to the game. <laughs> it was so bad. I'm like, if, the fuck is this? Well, so like that's that's how it feels with when people come back to the game is that when they come back, they get all the rewards just thrown at them. It, it's almost like the game is like, oh hey, you haven't been here a while. Here, let's incentivize you to stay. And it's like, hmm, okay. I wasn't just sitting here grinding for that, like, f- for three days straight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did see one sentence that, like, totally just made my brain freeze up when I was reading this the first time. And this actually might be why I didn't notice Duty Bound. is because I saw Hippie write about two paragraphs above the picture of these two weapons she wrote while some of them are cool and fun she's talking about strike specific strike specific modifiers mm-hmm. about sedia yeeting people five miles yep in that strike and i'm like that's not cool and fun that's fucking annoying i don't like that at all i, I hate that i can't tell you how many gms i've died in because of that yep mm-hmm. that's not fun at all that's like, annoying like Stop i'm it. behind cover and then all of a sudden, I just get yeeted. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. It's like Sadia has wolf pack rounds. That's not cool. That sucks. That's a bug. That's not a feature. Like, don't turn a bug into a feature. Like, don't lie to us. Like, don't make it a feature. Yeah. Like, that's obviously something you didn't intend and then just said that you intended it. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, that's not cool and fun. Not when you're trying to get through a GM or even Master Nightfall. It took us like 60 minutes to get through a Master Nightfall the other day. Jeez. For that one. That makes sense. It was dumb. Like if if, yeah. if things just don't go right, it makes sense. It did not go right. We were doing a two-man, though. Oh, that that makes all the more sense now. Yeah. That's rough. It was painful. It was all pain. It was all pain and no fun. That is rough. Actually, that's not true. It was fun, but it was very rough. Yeah. It was very, very rough. It was all pain. Yeah. So much suffering. It was all suffer. It was all suffer, all pain, all the time. Oh, my gosh. So they talked about other things happening with nightfalls and strikes the strike playlist is finally being renamed the vanguard operations playlist and they talked about that before because um a lot of the battlegrounds are moving into that playlist so they are putting them all together and by a lot she means all all of them so the behemoth one on nessus the oracle one on nessus the hailstone one from europa and the foothold the foothold one from the cosmodrome are all being moved into the strike playlist so they are going to be vanguard operations no you will not need your hammer i don't think you can use it anymore i think it's just gone forever it's getting deprecated at the end of the season yeah so you can't focus anything anymore it's just gone which sucks but i mean whatever yeah doesn't really bother me yeah same the actual Battlegrounds activities are the direct launch, no champion version of the Battleground, as these match the length and difficulty of most of the strikes in the playlist. At least there aren't going to be champions. I wish there were champions. That would increase the time that it takes to actually get these done. 
which then in turn increases the time it takes to do a rank up with Vanguard. Yeah, but like I'm going to do Vanguard anything anyway, so. Yeah, so you're not going to be affected much. <laughs> no, not really. Um, so there are a couple Nightfall modifiers are also going to be tweaked. Uh, the strike specific modifiers are being removed from hero difficulty and above nightfalls. There will be a new modifier called acute. That's kind of fun. Um, so it's going to increase player damage taken from a specific element by 50% and increase player damage done by 25%. So it's going to kind of go back to how burns were done in original nightfalls. And and just to... to clarify like most nightfalls already have a 25% damage received modifier yeah so they just increase the damage across the board 25% for a specific element Mm -hmm. so and that's kind of how it was when you had nightfall cards in the beginning of d2 also yeah you did increase damage from that specific element as well as received it so yep I mean, that's kind of nice that they are putting that back in. So now there's daily loss sectors will now be a thing. I'm very happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. So now that they built it into the game, so now it is now a thing. So they don't have to split the daily legend and master loss sector. So it essentially, for our listeners, they had limitations when Beyond Light came out so that they could not actually combine the two. So they had to do a Legend Lost Sector and a Master Lost Sector. Mm -hmm. With the release of Witch Queen, they've actually been able to merge the two. Yeah. So you're just going to have a single daily rotating around. Yeah, so so from the public spaces, with whatever Lost Sector is the public Lost Sector for the day, so now you can select whether you want to do Legend or Master. Yep. Which is really nice. So now you can be like, what's the lost sector? Oh, cool. Now I can pick the one that I want to do. And the the sentence that stood out to me was both difficulties give the same exotic reward. Yay. So like if you're hunting for a helmet, you can do, you know, wait, wait for the lost sector that you want to come up with the reward that you want and just sit there and farm all day. Mm hmm. I suspect that they're keeping the actual rates the same. Yeah. So like you have to do master if you want higher rates of them dropping. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, like all this means is instead of checking two lost sectors per day, you're only looking at one. Mm -hmm. And I'm all right with that. Yeah. I like doing legendary and master lost sectors. They're kind of fun. I do too. Except the moon. Fuck the moon. Fuck the moon. (laughs) You know, if they like sunset the moon, I'd be totally fine with that. I would miss doing pit. Pit is really fun. But everything else I'd be totally fine with. But uh, the last thing is that they updated some HDR stuff. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So uh, some updates are specific to Windows. When playing Destiny in windowed mode, window to HDR. The game will automatically swap between HDR and SDR if the window moves to a display that doesn't support it. Windows 10. uh, So windowed full screen should provide the same or better performance compared to exclusive full screen. 
Under the hood, Destiny now uses DXGI flip model. Don't know exactly what that means, but okay. Screenshots are now supported when playing in HDR on PC. You're going to have to use the in-game screenshot feature, though. Yeah, which is good. I mean, the the in-game screenshot feature is really nice. Uh, The screenshots will be tone mapped to SDR and saved as lossless PNG files. That's actually really good. Yeah, a lot of data in there. The thing that I'm most happy about. Okay, so we've got display calibration improvements for all platforms. Um, Players in HDR will see an updated calibration UI screen to adjust their settings. HDR ca- uh, calibration settings have been updated with friendlier functionality to accommodate the wide range of HDR display co- capabilities and viewing environments. SDR and HDR calibration settings are no longer stored account-wide, and old settings have been reset. The display calibration settings are now stored per platform. SDR brightness settings no longer affect the game when playing in HDR and Xbox players going through new account boot flow will no longer be incorrectly shown the SDR calibration screen if HDR is active. But the thing that really pointed out, like I I gravitated towards, there's an actual screenshot, and it looks like you're actually going to be able to adjust your brightness so that you're no longer staring at a black screen while trying to move through the vault of glass. (sighs) Ah... That's that's what I want. HDR is super frustrating if it doesn't have the right settings and it's not user friendly. Like a lot of companies want to use it, but they don't implement it correctly. So this is a really nice step in that direction. So this is really nice for people who can use it. So this is really good. Yay. There is one other thing. So they talked about being able to change uh, bungee names. And they might be able to change them possibly soon. There was like a little bit about that at the very end. They're targeting a date close to the Witch Queen's launch date. Hopefully. Here's the hoping. So if you want to actually um, change your bungee name, look for uh, Orky Do in the future. Because I see a bunch of guardians who apparently had naughty names before and are now just guardian number one six four eight yep forty seven fifty six yep mm-hmm. yeah shouldn't have had those naughty names should have known better marsov's like milky titties shouldn't have had that name yep even though it's very funny yeah <laughs> yep yeah uh what did you do this week i relived the early 2000s like i i just I sat around my room playing Pokemon and watching Ben 10. I was going to ask if you watched like a Disney channel and listened to, you know, Backstreet Boys or something. Almost. Wow. That's next weekend. Okay. But no, like the, the new Pokemon game, uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus came out. So I've, I've been diving headlong into that one. Nice. What about you? I have been... I finished my Moments of Triumph seal. Yay. Yay. It's about time. And uh, I got absolutely, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I just needed uh, my my seven round wins and trials, and I wanted to wait until it was jab four. So, because last week had a, a poopy 
map. So this week was a good map, but we actually got like stomped trials yesterday. It made me really sad. <laughs> so we got to like three wins and just quit. <laughs> We're like, no, it's just too sweaty. <laughs> it's too sweaty. I'm going to play after we're done recording though. Hopefully it's better today than it was yesterday. Uh, I played Halo because it's still attrition and I like attrition. It's fun. And it's the uh, Osu Mania 7K World Cup quarterfinals this weekend. So I watched that. Mania is like Guitar Hero for Osu. But like with your keyboard. It's like the it's like the Guitar Hero version of Osu. It's crazy difficult. I don't know how people do it, but it's with seven keys. Okay. So it's like piano, I guess. It's very fast. I just like watching it. I can't do it. I just, I just watch them do it. But it's like the World Cup of it. It's like 32 countries competing. It's very neat. I've been watching it. Okay. What? <laughs> I'm going to go to this Lord Network ad. I feel very judged right now. <laughs> Trust me, no judgment here. <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting around playing Pokemon. Watching Ben 10, apparently. Go watch The Expanse. God. Don't tell me how to relive my childhood. I'm telling you to go watch a show for adults. It's just Mass Effect, but live action. <laughs> the Lore Network. Tune into the Spin Foil Theory Podcast for questions. Who is an or? Who is an or? What is an is or? What is that? For queries. Did the hive really just body shame the Vex into changing their frames? For special guests. All the guests. For spinfoil theories. Mars the saw one the is Sabbath moon. The spinfoil theory podcast. Insert information here. So why didn't he didn't give the he didn't give the information? We didn't give he didn't give the information. <gasps> oh, uh, yeah. spinfoil theory is available on Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean. Uh, you can also get us at, at Twitter at theory and or uh, uh, SpinfoilTheory at gmail.com. That was a good Lore Network ad. Absolutely. Here's a brief intro into the topic. The entries Message from Anor 1 through Message from Anor 5 were all given to us in our Postmaster leading up to Season of the Drifter. Uh, the rest could only be unlocked by siding with the Vanguard in the Allegiance quest, uh, as of Beyond Light, this lore book is available to all players. So if you weren't able to actually do this uh, quest, then it should just be in your lore books in game. So you can go read all of them if you want to. Um, the quest, though, was actually a lot of fun because you could you had to go like search for shit in the hangar. And there was like stuff you had to do weekly and you were locked out of some of it. And then like the drifter would call you like a snitch or a rat and he would like tell, call you snitch for years whenever you played Gambit. <laughs> and incorrectly call you a snitch. And incorrectly call you a snitch. Because your secondary character sided with Anor. <laughs> oh, I think it's funny. Um, so for the first half of this lore book, uh, go back and listen to episode 138, which is last week. Yep. Mm. So I'm going to start us off. With message from an ore eight. Cormorant level encrypted message follows. Audio unavailable. 
Drifter wants a bullet to the head? If not for the Vanguard decree, I'd oblige tonight. Your trip to Titan let me round up a couple wannabe dredgens out on the Tingle Shore. No casualties, civilian or guardian. And a half dozen perps and their ghosts restrained. Drifter was paying them to transport moats to the shore. If moats of dark stay in Gambit, there's nothing I can do. Vanguard decree means Drifter is free and clear. As soon as I see anyone carry moats outside that context, going to anyone but our rat in green, their light belongs to me. Those six will face praxic justice, perhaps exile. We haven't had to lock anyone up in decades. If the Vanguard thinks the Drifter hasn't changed things, I can't help them. And we'll continue to clean up their messes. You're doing good work. Praxic work. If you're going to continue, I need you to keep attending Drifter's games. You're my eyes. He'll allow it. The man's desperate. Probably has been his whole life. Meanwhile, I'm looking into the night again. The hall was enough impetus. But that voice you heard? That was their emissary. I don't know much about her, but she's wrapped up in this mess somehow. Anor is getting so desperate as we like read into this. She is. And like she she keeps saying that the drifter is getting desperate, but like whenever we see her messages, it's I I picture her it's not like cutting magazine letters out desperate, <laughs> but it's like scribbling in the margins, like writing crazy notes, post-it notes everywhere, levels of desperation. Yeah, I'd, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. She mentions that we hear the emissary here. Mm-hmm. And that's the emissary of the nine, Orin. Oh, no, I, I was going to say we know Orin and the Drifter are friends because of the dungeon actually we knew back in season of drifter but right when this entry was released we didn't know that connection oh that's true and that's why i wanted to bring it up is because at, at this point when our guardian first got this entry we only knew of the emissary we didn't know her past lives oh we didn't know she was you know previously a guardian right you know all we knew was that she was an awoken mm-hmm and she was controlled by the nine. And honestly, like, right. I thought she was also like Zer. Like, they just created her. No, they actually converted her from a guardian to whatever the nine needed. And she remembers all her past lives because of that. Mm-hmm. And she also, based off of some of the dialogue from the Prophecy Dungeon, it also seems like she has split personality disorder right Orin is a separate person from the emissary i'm wondering if the emissary is because it's like part of the nine and so the nine have kind of shoved themselves into her you like not in like an uwu way but <laughs> not like that. i would say not in an uwu way but like in a word putting ourselves into you so we understand through your eyes literally yeah, yeah that could be it because we're watching through you that could be it. 
So we're just going to use you like as a monitor. Like you are our meat puppet. That that very well could be it. Although there are certain parts of that season where it looked like the emissary was arguing against the nine. Right. So it might just be like a single one of them that's that's able to see through her or it might just be that she still has some agency of her own. Mm-hmm. And the knowledge is being transferred to them, but the emotions or the strategy is not. Yeah. That is specifically her thing that she brings to the nine. Mm-hmm. Kind of hoping that they dive back into that relationship itself. Right. I like the nine. I. It's not because they're mysterious. I mean, it is kind of because they're mysterious, but. I like how they have their fingers kind of in everything. It's not even that they're puppet masters. I think they just literally just don't understand how things work. The thing about the nine is that they're dark matter. Yeah. And they only exist when people know about them. Right. Essentially, it's almost like each one of them represents a celestial body in our system. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I have to dive like, I have to do a little more research on it. This is all just coming off the top of my head, so it's probably incorrect, but the nine are pretty much everything. Like, dark matter exists all around, and I, I remember that from Lavinia. Oh, God, what was that book? I want to say Dust. Uh, that was a while ago. Yeah, about 100 episodes ago. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why my memory is just kind of like, uh... That's been a long time ago. But yeah, they looked at the actual dark matter and it was just it was everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not so much that the nine are specific beings or anything. It's just they are a consciousness that kind of evolved from dark matter. Right. Um. Do you want to move on to the next one? Yeah. This is surveillance transcript. Type. Surveillance transcript. Parties. Two. One guardian type. Class multi. One guardian type. Class titan. Associations. Drifter. The. Derelict. The. Dark Ages. Possible explosives link. Audio stored. Transcript follows. You finish your project? Yes, ma'am. Planted them all this morning. Don't look at me like that. Why are you looking at me like that? There are simpler ways. Not everything's got to be simple, darling. I think you're a coward. Just look him in the eye when you do it. (laughs) And if it goes wrong? Then it goes wrong and blows up in your face. Who cares? You're immortal. Not like it's going to kill you. This is some real Titan braggadocio right here. You know... Back in the Dark Ages... There were no classes, blah blah dogma, blah blah. Save it for the rookies. You get tired of the city or your bomb shelter up in the derelict, the frontier's always waiting. It surely is, sister. It surely is. Keyword analysis. Planted them equals to plant a seed, an idea, a bomb. Look them in the eye when you do it equals... 
to behave honestly, to perform an act of violence. Blows up in your face equals to make a mistake, to trigger an explosion. Bomb shelter equals a structure designed to provide protection against the explosion of a bomb. Conclusion. No direct threat detected. The consistent use of explosives metaphor merits field investigation. The keyword analysis alone is is concerning to me. The keyword analysis is hilarious. Like they're looking at phrases that both of them are using. Yeah, the only phrase that he actually used was planted them. Everything else was this titan and uh, it's it's almost like Anor is reaching for for evidence at this point. I think Anor's made a mistake and doesn't want to admit defeat and doesn't like being wrong. I hate saying it's like it's like cops who just want to be right and just want to put somebody behind bars are just desperate to find like any proof at all so they can point to it and say, see, see, I told you it's a conspiracy. <laughs> it's like, like it's, is it's, it though? Is it a conspiracy? It's the extremists. Like it's, it's yeah, someone who absolutely has to be right. You know, the fact that she's investigated the drifter and found nothing doesn't prove anything. She She's still following her gut feeling about him, which at this point is dangerous because she's reaching for evidence. She's bugged his place. She's done all this other stuff that it's just, I don't think any good is going to come from it. I don't either, honestly. Well, it's also like when you bug up when you bug something, you have to hear everything in order to get the context, but you're only hearing one side. Yeah. Like unless you're bugging like the thing they're listening to, you're only hearing one side of the conversation. So you never know what the other side is saying. Right. Which yeah. And and that's part of the issue with the the transcript that we got was that we don't understand the context. Like this mm-hmm. Titan walks up and goes, you finish your project. Okay, what project? Obviously, it's something that he planted, mm-hmm. whether it's an idea or, you know, an actual plant or what. Like, we, we don't know. Yeah. So it's just, I'm seeing this and I'm like, okay, this this is, the way Anor is going about this is problematic. Like, her entire being is problematic. And, and. The thing that gets me as well, you know, no direct threat detected, but yeah. consistent use of explosives metaphor merits field investigation. On the Titan. Ooh. That should be investigation on the Titan. Yeah. Not Drifter, but she's going to attribute it to the Drifter. Yeah. Like, this is all kinds of just misuse of evidence. <sighs> That frustrates me. Yeah. Just a little. Like, they're both using those kinds of, that kind of language, but she's just going to pin it all on the drifter when, you know, you can't. I, Anor frustrates me. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, do you want to move on? Yeah. To the next one? 
And this okay. is message from Manor 9. Cormorant level encrypted message follows. Audio unavailable. Your ghost passed along another couple of transcripts. Broke into the derelict, did you? You got good instincts. Seems to me like the drifters picked himself a protege. Probably another young war hero like you. If he's writing down his lessons, maybe he'll write down the one scrap of truth that we need to nail him to the wall. Chase the rest of those tapes. In the meantime, I followed up with my colleagues about the Nine. It used to be that every couple years or so, somebody would get to talking to Zur. Then they'd decide that they were going to be the great mind to crack the mystery of the Nine. Go off to find them. A bunch of cryptarchs, mostly. A couple guardians. Then the light went out during the Red War, and one last ambitious mind went out in search of Providence. A sunbreaker by the name of Orin. She came back as the emissary, set up the trials, said the nine were standing ready to judge the worthiest among us. For what, we don't know. Seems they like strong warriors. The disappearances have stopped since then. I should note here that a couple people called those disappearances abductions. Word of advice? Try to keep emotional language out of your reports. To the knowledge of the Praxic Order, the Nine aren't allies of the Darkness. We've got solid intel from Reef spies that the Awoken Queen's working with them now, beyond the system. Could be that they're up to no good, but whatever's out there is apparently more important than all that suffering in the Dreaming City. And every Corsair I've talked to believes that through and through. I believe their belief. The Awoken have too much self-respect to live under a bad leader. Bad's different than popular, of course. Anyway, I don't think the Nine or their Emissary intend to harm you. Not right now, at least. It'd be helpful if we knew what they wanted with Drifter. But that investigation is up to you. If you pursue it and you get a whiff of trouble, you tell me. Just remember the rest of us when you're out there, changing the fabric of space-time, or whatever the hell it is they do. I think it's rich coming from her saying, word of advice, try to keep emotional language out of your reports. Like, fuck you, Anor. I was Anor. thinking that too. As I read it, I was like... Like, get wrecked, bitch. Like, come on emotional language out of your reports half of your reports are just emotional language right jesus wept this proved that she knows about Orin being the emissary mm-hmm. um yeah this also shows that she has no idea what the nine are mm-hmm. uh and they even referenced lavinia you know a bunch of cryptarchs mostly yeah at this point uh, the Drifter has a protege, someone who actually chose Drifter during the Allegiance quest. Yep. So us, but, you know, us in the alternate universe, alternate universe, young uh, wolf. That was that was me. I chose Drifter first. Yeah. So it's Alamus. Yeah. So Orchid is investigating me. I am. I'm investigating the shit out of you right now. <laughs> I feel all kinds of judgment. Yep. <laughs> um, I'm judging you right now. And they mess they they 
referenced the tapes. Um, essentially, that was oh, essentially sorry, go the ahead. drifter created like it was seven or nine tapes. Um, and you had to run around all the EDZ to find them, and it was just a bunch of tapes that literally were just like, "This is why I don't like the Traveler," and. But I liked that because it was a good... Right. It made you stop and think, and you're like, yeah, wait, actually... Right. Those are all good reasons. Because this was a time before we knew the Traveler as, like, this asshole-ish thing. Yeah. Like, we were starting to question the light, but not so much yet. Yeah. This was the, the tipping point for that. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was a nice way to go. I don't even remember what the tapes were saying outside of like, you know, the drifter mentioning that there's going to be a second collapse and, you know, he wasn't for the the traveler's dogma. Yeah. I mean, I feel kind of sorry for the drifter because he's had a rough life and she's painted him as this big evil guy. And really, he's just kind of pathetic, sad kind of at, at the end of the day like we've seen where he lives at this point and it's just this like sad little like room the way i see him is that he's the tragic hero lost the chance to be hero he's that npc that he's he's like i i when the big adventure came up i just i couldn't do it and now he's trying to redeem that fact i don't think he's ever wanted to be in the limelight no he never I mean, there was a point where he was part of the, um, yeah, he was part of the Pilgrim Guard. And that was strictly just to protect people. He himself has never wanted to be in the spot, but he values life. Should we move on to the next one? Yeah, absolutely. Let's see. So this is the last message from Anor. And then there's a couple more lore entries, I think. Correct. Yeah. So this is a message from Anor 10. Cormorant level encrypted message follows. Audio unavailable. Thank your ghost for me. The analytical work you've both done is worthy of induction to the Praxic Order. It's too bad the Vanguard keeps you so busy. This is the end of our investigation. Those tapes you found contain the scraps of truth that we've been hunting all this time. It's just not the truth I was expecting. I've been looking at that man expecting a dangerous criminal mind, living, breathing, evil, the likes of Dredgen Yor, and instead I got, what, tragedy, pathos? Oh, he's pathetic, all right. I've made my final report to the order and I am comfortable with the decree they've issued. The Drifter shall remain under close watch, but he presents no direct threat for as long as he cooperates with the Vanguard and Lord Shax. This brings us into consensus with the Vanguard's standing judgment. The shadows of yore that Gambit conned out of hiding have been thugs with guns and ghosts, mostly. They have less bite than the dredgeons of yore. Little wonder Shidmalfur didn't show up. These fools aren't worth his time. I'm trying to take this as a lesson in the dangers of presumption, but in my defense, the drifter smelled like a rat. Still does. I'll see you out in the field. 
I've got paperwork to file. And now she realizes what you and I have been saying for these past two episodes. Yep. That, yeah, he smells like a rat, but he's not a danger. Yeah. Not unless he's backed into a corner, you know? Yeah, it's true. And even when Anora was backing him into a corner, like, he wasn't a danger. Yeah. I do like the fact that they actually call out that all the supposed shadows of yore that Gambit brought out were just thugs. Yeah. People who were like, oh, it's cool to be a shadow. It's cool to be a dredgen. And they don't even understand what it means. But yeah, Anor just sounds defeated in this, actually. And it's amusing. It's funny that she finally realizes this, but I'm glad she realized it and didn't just go down a path of, you know, trying to... Trying too hard to make him a villain. I Yeah, it's... Some people will just keep going and keep going and trying to see ghosts and specters in every single corner Yep. and trying to make mounds out of molehills. But for the drifter, at least she kind of backpedaled. Yeah. So at least there's like a little bit of a victory here. A tiny victory. I'll take what victory we can get, you know? It's just too bad that it was almost a little too late. And what really sucks is that you were locked out of this lore book if you went with the Drifter. Yeah, that's why I had secondary characters to do it. Yeah, I'm glad you could do it on other characters. Yeah. And it wasn't like a permanent thing. Although, like, looking at it now, (laughs) Mm -hmm. did it really matter? (laughs) No, nothing matters in the end. Because everyone got the lore book anyway. I know. I'm glad everyone got the lore book. I, I am too. Yeah. But it's just, I'm I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, so this is how the investigation went. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to see, but at the same time, I'm just kind of like, I could have told you that. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's all, he's all bark, no bite, unless backed into a corner. Yeah. But how much of that is you reading this now and knowing him now? And how much of that is knowing him back then? Right. Because now it's been three years now or two years. He was still vaguely menacing back then. Like the first time we knew him, he lived in an alleyway. (laughs) Right. Right. And now he's just in the basement. He's just in a basement. And he had a yum yum machine next to him for a bit that was like very endearing. And (laughs) except not at this point. uh, I know, but that didn't happen yet. But like at this point, he had just moved into the basement and it was even more (laughs) menacing because he had the bank like right behind him. Right. And so now you're like, now what the fuck are you doing? Like... What is this? What are you doing? <laughs> like, we see you've moved in and made yourself comfortable. I, I think at what? the time, like, I just looked at the area and I was like, okay, that's cool. It it works for his character. Oh, yeah. It totally did. Yeah. It's a great background. But like, right. what? What do you need this for? Like, what are you doing? And And at the time that we got this entry, like... It it was proven in a couple different entries that, you know, he's willing to sacrifice guardians for whatever goal he's trying to do, but not to the point of like 
mass sacrificing them because we saw that with Prime, there were only nine casualties. And I think that might have been in the first month. Right. So I just, I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, so how dangerous of a guy was he? And I, I just, I can't figure out an answer with the mind frame that, you know, I had back then. I don't think we'll ever know, really. Should I continue on? Yeah. This next entry is The Salt Mines. In a campsite on a cliff above the salt mines of Trostland, a man with a golden gun held two guardians hostage. Behind them, an ashen silhouette smoldered on the cliffside. I gave you every chance, said the man with the golden gun. Any last words? One hostage lifted his head and took a breath. Before he could speak, his skull erupted in a bloom of arc light. A void arrow lanced through the air and lodged in the throat of the second hostage. He slumped over, falling against his dead companion. The man turned to look in the direction of the shots. The golden gun blazed bright in his fist. The ghosts of the dead guardians materialized to resurrect their fallen charges, but were cut short as two restraining bands whistled through the trees and snapped across their frames. The ghosts fell, enervated by arc pulses flowing from their restraints. Loose pebbles murmured down the cliffside as six warlocks dressed in black dusters entered the camp single file. They all carried quick claim shotguns. The man did not move. The woman leading the warlock stepped closer to the man. She held out the cormorant seal, fearless in the light of his ever-burning gun. Anor, Praxic Order. You're interrupting important work, he said. Stole the words right out of my mouth, she replied. These ghosts are coming with us. No more killing. Your reputation won't protect you. Your jurisdiction ends in the city, came the reply. These two are my problem to solve. Anor glowered. They're third-degree offenders, consorting with the darkness on a material level only, collecting and concealing illegal artifacts. We'll rehabilitate and re-educate them if we need to. They will continue behind your backs. They're already addicted. Power corrupts. You're costing us ghosts. Means to fight enemies of humanity. These guardians represent more than potential dredgens. Men like this will destroy you from within. Based on the sins of one man? My struggle is older than yours, Warlock of Nor. And it will be here when your praxic laws are forgotten, and the last city is dust. You and Shax and the Vanguard and all the dealmakers are going to get the city killed. The man traded his golden gun from one hand to another and sighed. Anora racked the quick lane. Her warlocks followed her lead. The man stood. Shax wouldn't like it all came home in pieces. Take them. I'll be watching. 
they so much as breathe wrong, and they're mine. He walked into the forest, fist still aflame. The campsite fell to darkness as he disappeared. Secure the ghosts, Anora ordered her team, holstering her weapon to begin a thorough sweep of the site. Well, that's exciting. Right? Yeah. I mean, I didn't think that, like, Shin would be there, but, Confrontation you know. between Anor and Shin. I mean, I like it. I like it. Very excited. And I love the fact that they both literally just whip it out, and they're like, all right, let's compare. Yep. His dick is bigger. And she's like, I got this really mediocre shotgun that I got from Executor Hideo. Oh, so it was a okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it was from um Curse of Osiris. <laughs> uh, it's not a good shotgun. It's got field prep. That hurts even more. Like it's got field prep on it. Shin could have taken her. Yeah, it's a degressive frame, so it's high damage, high recoil. Impact 80. Shin could have taken not good. her. Yeah. Y'all have just like kind of garbage shotguns. And actually, that makes me wonder if like I, I wonder if the Praxic Order is curating their own weapons or if the Vanguard is supplying them. I mean, I'm just looking at this from a shotgun user's perspective. Aggressive frame shotguns aren't necessarily better than precision frame shotguns. And that's only because like I mean, that's why people assume that that's why Mindbenders is so good, because that's an aggressive frame shotgun. Because I think like Balligan um, is also an aggressive frame. And I think Toil and Trouble was also an aggressive and frame. And I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm like, that's six warlocks that are using a dead orbit shotgun. It's not a dead orbit shotgun. That's that's Hideo. Oh, um. New monarchy. That's that's not that's new monarchy. Yeah. But I mean, like, they're only like aggressive shotguns are really good at killing like supers and overshielded enemies. Like as long as all the pellets like in the pellet spread cone actually land. If you're actually gonna like try to like one hit kill an enemy, like precision shotguns are better, which is why people like fell winter so much because that's a one hit kill shotgun like that's why yeah. it's so good and why you can hit it from a distance because you don't have to worry about the pellet spread if you're wondering that's why shotgun sidebar from orchid <laughs> you're welcome apologies apparently i didn't actually get one <laughs> really it's not good. It's a bad shotgun. <laughs> like. <laughs> it's one of those shotguns that if you got it, just like delete it. <laughs> well, I mean, now, yeah, because it's, 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 it's not sunset, a random. But it's not a random. It's not a random roll. Anyway. Like, like it's gone through two different versions of sunsetting. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. 
Um, but like, of course, this is a thing I focus on and like not the lore. I'm like, there's a shotgun in this. I beeline to the, is this a good gun? Like, <laughs> what does it actually do? Like, please tell me the stats on it. Like, can it kill enemies? Like, I... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I wonder if it was one of those weapons that was up for like, because that was around the time that we had faction rallies. It was, yeah. I wonder if that was one of the reward weapons and we just never got it because... It could have been. Because it was trash? That uh, New Monarchy didn't win. Oh, they didn't win. That's true. I was for New Monarchy because I liked their outfit, but then I was, you know, for not New Monarchy because... I was for the people that shall not be named because they're on everyone's shit list right now. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, it's interesting that she says, going back to the lore, because <laughs> I'm trying to not have ADHD right now. Um, so it's interesting that Nor is talking about uh, Shin costing us ghosts means to fight enemies of humanity. That means he's final deathing guardians. He's final deathing a lot of guardians if she's saying you're costing us ghosts. Like, how many times has she come across Shin just like offing people? Well, like, this was the first time. Was it? They did introductions. Oh, yeah. But, like, that doesn't mean that she's come across his work. Mm hmm. Like, That's true. She's found guardians and dead ghost parts. Yeah. All over. And she's like, oh another shin sighting it's you <laughs> mm -hmm. see now this is making me wonder about what she said in the previous one because she said um little wonder shin malford didn't show up these fools aren't worth his time even though it looks like they're very much worth his time so who's she lying to now right she's telling us that like oh you know none of this is happening it's fine pet our head none of the, it's fine like you know this is blah 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 this is fine and i'm wondering if that's less about shin or lying for our sake and more about lying for her own sake like she's trying to lie to make herself believe it i'm wondering if it's because he's right and she's not supposed to be going outside of the city yeah. Or is she supposed to go outside the city because it's keeping dark artifacts out of the hands of guardians, regardless if it's in the city or not? I, I don't know. I don't know about the practic order enough to know if their jurisdiction is just in the city. Like he says it's just in the city, but I mean, he's been around a really long time. He would know. And she doesn't argue it. No. Like she doesn't argue that her jurisdiction ends at the city. No, and then he says these two are my problem to solve. So it sounds like the handoff is her problem is the city and, you know, not killing people. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, the minute they like fuck up outside the city, I'm just going to kill them. Like now it's my problem. It's like Wild West justice out here. Considering who we're talking about, that's that's very true. <laughs> yeah. But it says based on the sins of one man. She's referring to your. Yeah. Like I, I had to go back and read the prior one because it's it's Shin saying men like this will destroy you from within. Yeah. And it's 
she is directly referencing Gretchen Yor. Mm-hmm. Like this entire thing is just a dick measuring entry. Mm-hmm. The only other part that really kind of irked me was she brought Shax into this. Yeah. Why was Shax brought up? I have a feeling that he, when we did that, that two person entry mm-hmm. last week. Yeah. I have a feeling that the Titan was Shax. Really? You think so? Really? Yeah. So what do you have? Our site's the only one watching up there. Oh, yeah. Those guardians knew the risks. We take them every time we raid the outer edges or run a strike. Gambit's the same. These were not Thorn incidents. In each case, non-guardian hostiles caught ghosts unprepared. The crucibles for them as much as us. Like, thinking back on the actual responses, I was like, oh, I think that's Shax. You know, if we lose another guardian, he's out. Did you forget how many of us died the first night of the war? I buried all of the ones I could find before the dawn. Like, I could see that being Shax. So I think that's why she she drags him through the mud here. Interesting. And we know why she's dragging the Vanguard through the mud. Yeah. I just... Reading this book has made me not really like her character. Mm-hmm. Now, like, she's cropped up later on, and she's been all right in those entries, but when they first introduced her, like, it was a serious disdain for the character that I felt. Mm-hmm. Nobody attacks my daddy shacks. <laughs> I mean, it's true. No one no one attacks daddy shacks and gets away with it. Exactly. Yeah, and gets away with it. Would you like to continue on? I would love to to continue on, yeah. This is District 125. The shadows had her ghost. They had somehow gotten their hands on restraint tech. Praxic tech. She'd have to follow up on that sometime, if she lived. No man with a golden gun. No fire team. No backup. She had been chasing a lead on a group of new blood dredgens, taking her sparrow over Viridian Bridge to a local Jensub lab. But the shadows were waiting for her. From a hidden vantage point on an overpass above, a single rocket from a shoulder-mounted launcher had obliterated the road in front of her. She'd been thrown straight off her machine. In that split second, she saw Bahagari had tried to catch her in a beam of light, but with a telltale whistle and snap, a restraining band had silenced her ghost. She was falling by then. She leaned into the roaring wind, transitioned her fall into a dive. The impact and temperature of the water shocked and chilled her to the bone as debris rained into the lake around her. She started the long swim toward shore, toward a road she knew would take her to the overpass. She pulled up onto the overpass onto a hijacked pike and looked down at the smoldering wreckage of the bridge where she had fallen an hour ago. Bahagari was nowhere in sight, but her helmet's visor picked up an echo of void discharge from a sniper's vantage. It was consistent with the launch pattern of a shoulder-mounted Countess SA-2. She patched it back to Drifter, and in return, he gave her the coordinates of three possible shadow safe houses in the area. 
Without Bahagari, she had tried to input them manually to her tracker HUD. She selected the farthest one from her position and gunned the pike. By the time she pulled up to an abandoned warehouse in District 125, the shadows had already ransomed her ghost on several city bands. They wanted clearance to take their jump ships out of the system by midnight. Without clearance, they'd kill Bahagari. The vanguard ignored the missive entirely. Renegades were not to be negotiated with, not even Osiris himself. And these shadows were no Osiris. The maglev train coming from Core East roared on a rail above. The next train would arrive at midnight. She could see a light on the top floor of the rust red building and the silhouettes of several people. I'm not on that floor, Bahagari said. Anoris started. How? I hacked the restraint. It's Praxic tech. We've got a renegade in the order. Worry about that later. You said you're not on the top floor? No. The basement, under the street. Building's empty except for us. Don't even think about a breach. You'll need a team. Or a Gallerhorn. Don't have either, Bigari. Don't even think about it. I didn't say anything. You never call me that unless you're about to do something stupid. She had never driven a maglev train before. She liked the feel of power in the front car watching the world hurtle past. The train was empty. She had ordered all the passengers and the conductor off before she requisitioned it. You could convince people to do almost anything with a cormorant seal. The turn came rushing up and she keyed a control on her wrist. A series of proximity mines on the rail and the barrier that supported it exploded and the train hurtled forward through the smoke and fire down onto a rust red warehouse building far below. She could see everything Bahagari could see, even in death. For those inside the building, it was like the world was ending. Her ghost was free, heading straight for the front car of the train that had impaled the upper floor of the warehouse. A pair of injured shadows, the only survivors, were right behind her as she came up to Anora's slumped body her eyes blazing with light. Anora emerged from a radiant column and ducked under the bleeding shadow's haymaker, slamming a blazing palm into his gut. She burned straight through him and rolled forward onto the momentum under a thundering shot from the second shadow's hand cannon. She transitioned the roll into a stiff sidekick from the ground, shattering the man's unarmored knee. She mounted him as he fell and bludgeoned him unconscious with a rain of burning elbows. Bahagari came up behind her. There are three more bodies somewhere under this train. What now? Anor stood up, covered in blood and ash. We take their ghosts. Alert the vanguard. We have five renegades in custody. Anor found her duster in the train cab, tattered and badly burnt. She put it on, clasped her cormorant seal in place, and sat next to the bodies, waiting for her prisoner's ghosts to materialize. Her radio clicked. No casualties. You did well, Ikora said. Are you speaking as the head of the warlocks or the head of the hidden? Anor returned. As your friend, you slipped, but you saved it. Zavala and I appreciate your help in this. It's imperative. That drifter and gambit continue, yes. Anor. Yes. Are we good? 
for asking a lot of you. I don't ever want your job. The city needs that rat man's connections and his means. If he can bring Orin back to us... Hmm. Let's talk more in the morning. She looks out the viewport at the burning train rail above and the ruins of the warehouse around her. She supposed this was her life now. So, real quick. Bahagari is Tagalog for rainbow. And the nickname Bighari is a goddess of the rainbow known for her love of flowers. Uh, that was just from a quick Google search. <clears throat> the only other thing I wanted to really cover is the majority of this entry is just an action scene. Like, there's not much to it. But the end, when she's talking to Ikora, she mentions, and the city needs that rat man's connections and his means. If he can bring Orin back to us. Mm-hmm. Now she's starting to see why the Drifter is being kept. Yeah. And you can figure that from the last book we read and from this book that he's being used for his connections. And that sucks. Well, but like, honestly, I think he understands that and he's all right with it. I think he is, too, because a part of it is a way for him to have penance for things that he did in the dark ages or the dark well, and, times and even more than that like this is even though he's being used mm -hmm. it's other people using him while he's achieving the goal he sets out to do right so like i just i see the drifter as as you know he's just doing his thing and other people are benefiting from it and he's like okay whatever yeah that being said, it was a cool action scene. Yeah, it was. It's cool trying to imagine it in your mind and it plays out like a movie. Whoever wrote this did a really good job. It's really well written. Not as well uh, read by me, but it was really well written. You should definitely you should definitely go back and read it um, yourself. It's uh, really well written. Super good. And the only other thing that this proves to me mm -hmm. is that guardians wreak havoc, like certain guardians are able to wreak havoc in the city. Yeah. She's like John Wick. <laughs> and Bahagari is uh, the puppy. Yeah, seriously. Except not dead. Yeah. Anor is a woman. A focus, commitment, and sheer will. I once saw her kill three men in a bar with a pencil. A fucking pencil. But she just like John Wicks her way through it. But I don't know how you like yeet a train through a warehouse with like explosives and there's no casualties. That's horseshit to me. It must have been in an uh, 
in an industrial area where there's no humans at all and and, like it's it's at night still there's always humans in industrial areas at night yeah like i I just i I don't know no casualties bullshit that you know of ikora (laughs) like did you go check like no jeez no casualties that you care about (laughs) it's like oh a bunch of like homeless people died we don't care about those like no important casualties okay jeez louise well now my thing is like especially since you brought up the homeless portion of it would there be homeless people in the last city i don't know because they all live in like small like janky ass apartments like on top of each other right like we just we don't know because we don't see much of city life no because they all are like there's certain parts of the city that are really nice that we've been in because of um different events because yeah because of events crucible maps Mm mm-hmm but then there's other parts of the city that we've seen, like, because of Scourge, that are, like, not nice. You know? Well, so the the parts with Scourge is that that's an abandoned portion of it because of the Red War. Right. But still, even you can still look at it and imagine it not having been exploded. Yeah. It's still not great. Like. And I'm wondering how much of that is actually because there were just no people it wasn't lit up properly like because if it was i i don't see it being as bad Mm -hmm. and if they would have cleaned it out after you know the red war and all that like i could see that actually being a decent area but how many people died in the red war right we don't know also doesn't seem smart to me to have everyone live in one city just putting that out there but you know because then things like the Red War happen. Well, because then it, it makes it just a single target to hit rather than multiple targets. Just like nuke the city and then everyone's dead. Like easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Like, That's what the Cabal were trying to do. I know, but the Cabal are bad at nuking. Like get a bigger nuke. Come on, Cabal. Like get good at <laughs> nuking. You're bad at it. God. Anyway. Ugh, God so bad at it anyway do you want to read the last one yeah all right so let's go ahead and cover the last entry this is civilian atrium south drifter rounded a corner in the bazaar and grabbed a cloth hanging from one of the stalls he ducked a gate passing through a little used doorway into a civilian corridor As he walked, he wrapped the cloth around himself, covering his head and hiding his face. He changed his gait and his posture by degrees as he walked, moving a little slower, hunching a little lower. When he emerged into the next atrium, it was as though he had aged by 60 years. Spotting a group of elders basking in the sun, he shuffled over to sit down as one of them. You new here? One of them rasped. Always feels like it, he replied in a reedy lilt. I know what you mean, 
the elder said, staring at a squad of passing titans whose armor reflected the sky. They always stay the same, he gestured at them. Everything around them changes on their whims, for good or ill. You're not wrong. It wasn't what he had meant. Once traffic died down, he could head straight for the annex. No guardians to pester him about rules or payout changes to Gambit. He hated going out there with the lights. Their earnestness pissed him off. He only did it because he had to eat. What he loved about Gambit was one thing, and one thing only, delectable modes of dark. The bench creaked as someone sat down beside him. He didn't bother to look up. They'd go away eventually. Turns out your info was solid, a voice said. To my surprise. He turned to look and saw a woman. Brown-skinned, crooked-nosed, with intelligent eyes and a hard stare. She wore a black duster and light armor underneath. A warlock. He didn't know her. <laughs> You've mistaken me, my dear. He quavered. She handed him an intricately designed slate about the size of a titan's fist, a cormorant seal. The info you sold us on the shadows was solid, she repeated. Are you switching sides? He blinked. No use pretending. He dropped the act, sitting straighter. I'm on no side but my own. Are they alive? The elders on his right frowned and began talking lowly among themselves. All but one. We couldn't get there before our mutual friends started his work. Those three were idiots. Chasing legends. No danger to anyone but themselves. I don't think you have a good gauge for that. But they're in custody now. If you're done, I'd like to spend more quality time with my blanket and these crusty fellows. We listened to your protege's tapes said. You bastards, he said with no fire in it. The vanguard thinks they can use you, she said. And what do you think? You're a criminal not to be trusted, but Oren gave you a chance. He turned to look at her. And I think you think you can bring her back, she continued. He said nothing, but he didn't look away either. Anor stood up, as you were. I'm kind of, this feels like closure. Yeah. Which a lot of lore books like don't have. So this is kind of nice. Right. Like it actually feels like the end of a story. Like I like the end of stories. <laughs> Shush, you know what I mean? Like. No, I'm, I'm like, laughing because I'm right there with you. Yeah. Like, a lot of the lore books we get don't have closure like no. there's, there's no firm ending right and it this actually feels like the ending of anor's conflict with the drifter right like it's really nice to have um it's not like they're friends it's like they're tolerating each other the, the one thing i wanted to point out hmm. is that this conflict is one-sided yeah it really is like it specifically says he didn't know her Nope. So this entire conflict has been living in 
Anor's head. And she's been creating all this drama because of it. Mm-hmm. Grr. Yeah. It's pretty much a, like, who are you? Oh, okay. Fine. <laughs> it's... it's 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 almost like somebody who's been your rival, quote-unquote rival, for, like, three months, and they just look at you and go, who are you? Oh, my God. Girls do this all the time. I have I have to say, like when I was like at private school, there were girls there that had these like imagined rivalries with each other. And it was hilarious to just sit back and watch this happen. And you're like, what kind of weird world do you live in that like your brains make this shit up? Right. And like you think you're battling each other like it is some sort of weird private Pokemon tournament like in your head (laughs) that you come across each other and then you like start to fucking battle each other. But like, like no one cares like you too. (laughs) the other one that you come across. It's like. It's like you sneak out of the grass and you're throwing fucking Pokemon at them and they're just walking on because they don't give a shit. Like, that's what this feels like. (laughs) You're not wrong. He doesn't even care. And also, she's like, you're a criminal not to be trusted, but Oren gave you a chance. Like, that's what you go with? That Oren gave him a chance? You're going to go with one guardian gave you a chance. So he's fine. I think at this point, it's more of like she's done this internal battle and everyone has stepped in the way and forbidden her and stopped her at every go mm-hmm. to the point that like she has to internally make it all right. Yeah. Like she's internally like, oh, well, I, I have to say something nice so you know orin gave you a chance Ugh, it's so cringe like it is like one guardian gave you a chance so i guess i'll give you a chance to like fuck off like it's so toxic congratulations <laughs> i i find it hilarious because it it's so she has built this all in her head to the point that like it just seems ludicrous to anybody who actually views the situation it's just well to me at this point it's like is this how the situation just is with her or with all of them is this just how they do things is this how everyone does stuff i think it's specific to her okay good because this is awful yeah because this is like like borderline obsessive behavior Oh, absolutely. And it makes me wonder now as like an offshoot if that like pin board that we keep seeing in the Witch Queen teaser trailers are hers and not Ikora's because that's obsessive bullshit behavior too. And it doesn't feel like Ikora. And and that feels like an Anor thing. That feels like an Anor thing now after reading this. I had originally thought it was Ikora's board, but and I think somebody had pointed out that it was Anor's. That was me. <laughs> right. Yeah, it feels like Anor. Well, no, like this this 
was like a month or two ago. Somebody mm-hmm. pointed it out to me. Yeah. And yeah, like it it matches the characters and her mm-hmm. obsessive compulsive bullshit. It really does. Um, the only reason why I thought it was a Nors when those teasers came out was because Icora is on the board. Right. As in like Icora is sus. And I'm like, why would Icora put Icora's sus on the board if it's Icora's board? And the only person who would think Icora is sus would be a Nor. Yeah. So that's the only reason why I thought it was a Nor's board. But after reading this, I'm like, it's definitely a Nor's board. <laughs> Nor is crazy. But the the big thing for me is that she blatantly calls out the fact that, you know, he has a connection with Oren. Right. And that got a reaction out of him. Yeah. And you actually get her understanding of what Drifter's ultimate goal is. Mm-hmm. And I think you can bring or I and I think you think you can bring her back. Yeah. And that's because the two of them were best friends. Right. And then she just disappeared and came back totally different. Right. So like like we we discussed earlier, yeah, people are using him, but he's still moving towards his ultimate goal. So he just doesn't care. Mhm. The drifter may seem like a a rat or, you know, a thug, but He's got the biggest heart that I've seen in any of the characters. Yeah. That's because he's he's not a needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few kind of like Star Trek character. He's a needs of the few outweigh the needs of the many. Mm-hmm. And that kind of speaks volumes because yeah. when it's a needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, it kind of can seem sterile sometimes and cold. As is the case with Zavala in most yeah. strategic situations. Because it seems like he doesn't give a shit. Because he's thinking of the needs of the entire city. Like, no, I have to think of the city over the need of you, you know, going after Cade's killer. I'm sorry. Like, I know you want to go, you know, with your fucking revenge boner and <laughs> go, like shoot up all of the tangled shore but you know restrain yourself nightcore is like yeehaw motherfuckers like let's go right yeah exactly this is where it ends Uh uh-huh did you enjoy the book yes i did very much i really liked this book i think this book was really good i enjoyed it too as much as the character frustrated me yeah the the character is very frustrating but the book is really good. Yeah. The book was good and the quest was fun. And it's more so like the last third. The last third of the book is just great. The last third of the book is so good. And this paired with the weekly. This was kind of the first iteration of a weekly quest. Yep. In the game that we ever had. Yep, yep. Like, before this, we never had weekly quests before in the game, really. But this was the first idea of, like, this is something that, if you chose it, it kind of changed the game for you. Which was kind of neat. Like, I liked being called, like, <laughs> I liked being called things by the drifter. I, I think the snitch voice line was fun. I agree. 
I mean, it's weird, but I liked it. I like having that little flag in the game to remind me that we did all of this because it was it was a fun little reminder. Like, I was sad when they took it out of the game. Right. Like, it was a cool thing that they did. Yeah. The only thing is, I hated the fact that it was bugged. Yeah. So, even if you actually chose Drifter, if you chose him on, or if you chose Anor on a different character, it would flag the entire account as you chose against Drifter. Right. Like, that's the only aspect I didn't like. Mm-hmm. I really liked it, though. I liked this. I liked the um, the whole quest. I think it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I liked the whole thing. I liked Reckoning. Like, Reckoning was cool, too. His Reckoning came out this season. Yep. It wasn't a bad season. No. It was just heavy on Gambit. Oh, it was so Reckoning. The Reckoning Gambit grind for Gambit Prime was... Oh, that was real heavy. It was even worse if you actually wanted to get Reckoner. If you wanted to get Reckoner, <laughs> that, was, that was rough. But, um, yeah. yeah, it was fun. It was good. I liked it a lot. Uh, do you have any shout outs? Shout out to my sister-in-law. She's currently dealing with some family stuff that came up like last night. And kudos to her and my brother for keeping things together. What about you? Um, shout out to Rindle because he was having a bit of a rough weekend. So... Um, this is me reminding him that he and, uh, his wife, Sammy and his family are very much loved. Yep. Love you. Because, um, even though he's, I talk to him every day cause he's my best friend, but I, yeah, I feel like I need to tell him that all the time or at least remind him. So I'm reminding him in a very permanent fashion since it's on a podcast. Since it's being thrown out into the world. It's being thrown out onto at least Spotify and wherever else this podcast is. The Apple Podcasts and Google Play and wherever else this podcast goes to. So, yep. mm-hmm. so at least he knows now because he'll edit this and he'll be like, oh, guys. So, yep. Mm-hmm. So I at least like hope he knows that he's loved by his friends. Yeah, absolutely. Mm hmm. Like um, we, we care deeply about the connections that we make and the yeah. friends that we, we have. And we wouldn't have those if it weren't for Destiny. Like, Destiny is amazing. So yep. uh, we have some special thanks that have to do with Destiny. Um, this episode was produced by the same Rindle Zevas. You can find him on Twitter at Rindle Zevas. The artwork for this episode is courtesy of Volshock B on Twitter. The music in this episode is copyright of Bungie. Uh, we're able to use it under their fair use policy because they love their content creators. If you'd like to dive into the Destiny lore on your own, you can visit ishtar-collective.net. They are the resource we use to make our show notes. Thank you, Baxter. Thank you, Baxter. Thank you. Uh, here's a couple of reminders. You can find us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore. You can tweet at me at Hey It's Orchid, or you can tweet at Elemist at I underscore am underscore Elemist. You can send us an email at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. 
you can leave us a review wherever you can leave reviews. Um, actually, what really helps us if you just tell a friend, um, tell someone in your fire team. If you if they like lore, be like, hey, I heard about this podcast called Guardians of Lore. Maybe they want to listen to it sometime. Uh, join our Discord. Uh, it is discord.gg slash lorehub. We are a pretty cool, chill, fun, quiet place to hang out. Also, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. You didn't even write it down. I remembered on my own. Um, we also, as a last reminder before Witch Queen comes, we are a Discord that does not allow spoilers or leaks of any kind in our Discord. So if you want a safe place to go before Witch Queen, that is a place to go. Please yep. join our Discord. We have an entire week of no spoilers allowed for Witch Queen, so you can safely be in our Discord. There will be no spoilers, because if you are spoiling anything in our Discord, it is deleted and you are kicked from our Discord. So, um, Discord is safe. It's a safe place to be. Everyone knows the rules. And they are posted again right before Witch Queen drops, so is safe safe place to be um yep, yep, yep. also the last place if you are feeling generous um please donate to us on ko-fi.com slash guardians underscore lore we really appreciate every dollar helps uh say goodbye elemist goodbye elemist god damn it goodbye <laughs> thank you goodbye take care otters